Oh boy, finally, here we go. I'm feeling better now, getting all this information out of my system and out into the ears of the fellow Horn Toad listeners, but or the loyal Horn Toad listeners, not fellow. But um, anyways, this is number six for uh, season six, episode 14, with the theme of uh, sound waves and spacecrafts. This is Haunted Pharmaceuticals and Igori, I see, Igori. E-G-R-E, Egregory, G-O-R-E, Egregory. I think that's how you say it. Um, uh, I just saw it uh, written down, but I didn't hear how it was actually pronounced. That's why I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I should have researched it a little bit more. How is it said? So we'll say Egregory. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this segment is about the early days of medicine and a few stories of what went on. So... Uh, like I said, this 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 was supposed to be for a totally different episode, but I'm going to combine it with this and um, let's uh, let's do a little bit of a reading here um, for Igori. It's a, what what it is is a psychic projection. Okay, so uh, I might just say psychic projection instead of Igori. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I'm probably saying it wrong. Anyways, anyways. Igori uh, is a non-physical entity that arises from collective thoughts of a distant group of people. When psychological energy snowballs and then manifests itself into a non-human entity. Oh, then it, it manifests itself into a non-human entity. There we go. Creatures or beings get turned into these creepy pasta stories. Um, you know, and then children start... Uh, creating fearing and dreaming to the point it starts to materialize in the child's external world it's a shadow form of your psyche and energy so uh since this being a halloween episode and all halloween time um, that's where uh, a lot of this idea of what when i was a kid you know my siblings my older brothers they would scare the shit out of me by telling me that there's a there's a wolf or there's a monster. You know, those two words were the ones that really tripped me out. When they said vampires, it was kind of scary, but um, it wasn't as bad as thinking of like um, pretty much a werewolf and a skinwalker, you know. But now as I've gotten older, you know, I'm starting to understand that skinwalkers are just a bunch of unemployed uh, incest cousin kissers, you know, that are too afraid to you know, expose themselves for who they really are. And, and, and that's another thing, you know, they're, they're afraid of being exposed. Cause then if you expose them, you find out who they are, you recognize their face or you call their name, you could kill them right then and there, or they'll die the next day or two days later or whatever. Um, so right there, that's where I was like, Oh, okay, shit. So that's where I was talking about going to the Sage Memorial hospital and that other, uh, nursing home, uh, convalescence home, and kind of staying there and just kind of researching the the activities that go on and just kind of be aware of like things being thrown around, footsteps, uh, going up and down, feeling the change in temperature. It's like really hot, really cold, uh, hearing screams, sounds, singing, chantings. I mean, the list goes on, you know, and then, um, you know, objects or like cryptoids flying by the window like if you're on a second story and above or you're in a place where you know it's just physically impossible for someone to be in a certain area 
you know, and you can see glowing eyes moving. There's actual movement, you know, or you see a hand or, you know, just, just whatever. But, um, so a lot of that is astral projection, not astral. Oh, what the hell did I say? A glory was, <laughs> uh, I said that it was, um, a, a psychic projection. There we go. Not astral projection. It's a psychic, uh, projection. So that's where, you know, it, as I've aged and really started to understand more about cryptoids beyond just monsters and skinwalkers, uh, you know, there, there's also mutations, you know, there's, um, you know, like pictures of people who, who, whose legs are born backwards. So they walk on all fours like an animal, you know, and if there was an, uh, a Navajo that was currently living, that was walking on all fours with their knees bending the opposite way, like, um, like, let's see how, let's see, which animals has their legs bent backwards? Um, well, let's say like a cat, you know, right there, that, that part of their long, where their paws is right there going up the, along their ankle, you know, it, it really sticks out the opposite way. So anyway, somebody would say that that was a, not divine intervention, but that's, that's a curse. Um, the mother or the father didn't do something right spiritually. And, uh, you know, it caused the baby to have this type of, uh, abnormality, you know? So right there, looking at those abnormal, uh, mutations that people have, it's not that scary anymore. You know what I mean? It's, it's more of like a thought provoking, huh? Wow. You know, how did that, how did that happen? How did that come to be? And then I start thinking about, you know, in the like, uh, you know, atom sized cell form, you know, what went wrong during their developmental stages when the, uh, the sperm and the eggs were fertilizing you know, somewhere right there, very microscopically, possibly subatomically, if you could see what was going on and you'd, and you'd know that, you know, certain ways these proton strings, possibly um, the, what do you call those things? The DNA, the, the DNA strands, you know, maybe one of them didn't uh, turn a certain way or maybe one of them wasn't completed, so it caused what you would eventually see as, you know, their 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 body taking a, a, a deformed shape, a misshapen look to them. And it kind of gives them more creepy, you know, look. And um and then so okay, so there's so there's that. There's the natural way, you know, they've they've got uh deformities, abnormalities. Now the next stage of I guess human evolution is where people like, um, they, uh, there was this dude, um, I think it was on Ripley's believe it or not, or something. He really wanted to be a snake. So this white man, uh, he got these ridges installed on above his eyebrow. He got his, all his hair removed, his whatever, uh, um, I think his eyebrows, I don't know about his eyelashes, but just anything that made him human, he got rid of all that hair. And then he had tattoos of like scales on him. And then I think eventually he put two horns in his head. But um, he he split his tongue in half. So he give it that snake appearance. And then he wears contacts of like snake eyes. 
And to him, that's what he wants, you know? So it's like, oh, okay, well, shit, you're, but you'll still be a, you know, ape-based humanoid retard, you know? And then, um, then the next stage um, that I've really started to see is when uh, soldiers lose their limbs, you know, just whoever serving in the military in a war zone and they get um, digits and their limbs or whatever blown off is being replaced by technology, you know. And that's where that's that next stage of evolution of where uh, I talked about this in season one and two, where the evolution of man, I saw this, um, this picture where it went from like an ape to a monkey to a, a caveman to modern man. And then it went into like a futuristic man where he was bald. He had no hair. He was, um, he was thin and long and parts of his body were replaced by machine machinery. So basically a cyborg. And then now the, the next stage, the next phase, I guess, is um, to transcend into technology, to put your memories and your personality uh, on like a computer chip. And that's going to be stored. And later on, you, you know, they're probably thinking that you could get either a new body or you'll, you will somehow through modern technology and cells and all this shit with, um, stem cell research, you know, you'll have a new body and then they'll program, excuse me, your old memories into this new body. And you'll be like, Oh shit, I'm back. You know, I feel better now. You know, I never died. You know, I was always, I was just stuck in a space where I was a computer and <laughs> a computer chip but everything was black because uh, the computer program wasn't on or possibly they could keep, keep it running for a long time. You know, it just, it's just all kinds of shit going on nowadays that um, my whole point is that the, um, the, the days of, um, you know, the glory <laughs> uh, projecting a manifestation of a monster, um, you know, then that coming to life, it's, it's, it's kind of gone away now, but I'm understanding it now more. So, um, you know, if I'm ever around a bunch of little res kids and their parents tell them, you know, yeah, watch out, get back inside. There's a skinwalker out there or there's a monster or something's going to get you. I could sit with those kids and say, Hey, look, man, it's just in your mind. If that's what you're going to create, that's what you're going to bring out. That's what you're going to manifest. You know, I was just kind of thinking of all this shit. And I was like, damn, it'd be pretty great to blow their little minds out into little millions of pieces. They're like, Oh shit. But anyways, um, so the other thing is, uh, going back to the, um, the haunted pharmaceuticals, let me hurry up and try to do this cause time is going to be running out here soon. Uh, 1800s, uh, before germ theory and modern medicine, there was a port city of new Orleans or new Orleans. Um, it was nicknamed the wet death. It was the first ever, there was a first, cause there was like all this, um, you know, all these people dying from, uh, diseases and you know, they were like all sweaty and shit like that. So, and then it's all also humid down there. So they call it the wet death. Um, there's, uh, um, anyways, there was a first ever pharmacy that was there. It was called La Pharmacie. Uh, and this, uh, <laughs> I don't know, this dude, uh, 
Louis, oh, he was French. Okay, so it was French. It was La Pharmacie Francois. Francois? Friends. Okay, La Pharmacie Francois. I think that's what it was called. Anyways, opened in 1823 and run by Louis um, de Philho. Louis de Philho Jr. And Louis de Philho Jr. was the first licensed medical practitioner or registered pharmacist who took on all kinds of uh, ailments with drastic medicine where the treatments were often deadlier than the disease or deadlier than the sickness. Um, so like he would give people mercury injections and that mercury was causing insanity. That's where that terminology mad as a hatter comes in. Cause it over there in the England or was it in America? Fuck. I can't remember. But anyways, the hat makers, they were using uh, mercury to uh, shape the hats, but they were also breathing it in. So then the more they breathe in trying to shape these hats, the more crazier they got because that mercury was really just tearing up their mentality. And that's why they call them mad as a hatter, you know. And um, so anyways, a little bit of side history for you. Anyways, so uh, where was I? Um, so the okay, so that. Um, Mercury was causing insanity. Okay. Strychnine was uh, ripping muscles apart from the bone. So he was using that strychnine uh, to try to cure some of these people. But here, the strychnine is just tearing the, the meat from the bone. And uh, shit, man, that, 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 that was what a shitty way to die, you know? And then um, the other thing was. Um, blood bloodletting you know where you cut a person and open and let that blood drain out so then you could let him uh get rid of that sickness but instead um that was a bad idea but it was super popular and that bloodletting also was um well you not only was it like unsanitary and just kind of killing people uh, but he was hoping, um, that these would do something positive because it was still an, ex it's, it's experimental, uh, stage. So that dude, um, uh, <laughs> Louis, well, I would say Louis DeFilho Jr. was fucking like a mad scientist, man. He was just, you know, out there just doing whatever he could. I mean, he, he probably had it for like the best intentions, but he ended up killing a lot of people. And uh, in 1853, yellow fever killed one in 15 people back then, causing black vomit, jaundice skin, where your skin turns like yellow, and uh, intense suffering and death. Now, here's the thing about jaundice. Um, you know, I guess pretty much every child gets born with it. They turn kind of yellow. But uh, one day I went, I was, uh, I went to go see... I went to go visit somebody in a hospital over at the Presbyterian Hospital in Albuquerque. It might have been my street rat brother. I think he inhaled some toxic chemicals, but he was fine. I was calling him Toxic Avenger, a Toxic Avenger for a while. But anyways, uh, um, <clears throat> I was um, I, I was I was either driving or I was I was a, a passenger. But I saw this. Um, I don't know. It might have been a Hispanic lady. But damn, she was all yellow like, uh, you know, like the Simpsons, you know, like a Simpsons character. Damn, I felt bad for that lady. I was like, ooh, damn, she knows she's dying. She ain't got that much longer to go. And she's like, fuck, how did I get into this situation? 
but that was pretty sad, you know, but anyways, um, so that was the thing about the jaundice skin anyways. Uh, so that's when Louis DeFilho Jr. This was back in, uh, 1853 after everybody, that yellow fever was killing everybody. Uh, Louis DeFilho Jr. took his family back to Paris and that's where he died. And, um, but he sold the building to this lady, Mrs. DuPont and her, uh, amateur physician husband, uh, Joseph Dupa or, I, I think it's her boyfriend. Oh, anyways, um, Dupa or Dupart or Dupont or Dupa. Shit, I don't know. Fuck, I gotta, uh, uh, well, anyways, I'll research that. I don't think I will, but if it ever comes up, I'll try to correct it. Um, and Joseph Dupa, who took advantage of the sick and the desperate population, uh, they were looking, he was looking for hope to be revealed from, uh, Actually, the uh, the people, they came up to him. Yeah, that's what it was. They were looking for hope to be relieved from their suffering and pain so they would submit to anything this fucking Joseph Dupa dude was doing. And um, like uh, amputation without anesthetics. Ouch, man. That's, that shit's got to really, really, really just got to be a sucky way to look at your life later on and say, ah, why I should have just died with that disease rather than getting my limb cut off without, uh, anesthetics. And then he would, uh, shoot the body full of toxins and he would use voodoo potions and, uh, trepidation. And I think this trepidation, um, well, there was also trephination. So, I don't know if it meant trephination or trepidation, but anyways, it's boring holes into the cranium, uh, which the patients would eventually die from anyways within a couple of days. Cause, um, you know, there was back in this, back in that, that time, um, 1853, um, this Joseph Dupa guy, like I said, he was just doing all these experiments and people were like, oh shit, I don't care, man help do whatever you can to help me get rid of this pain or this ailment and all this shit. And so he's like, all right, man, well, I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to cut off your arms and I'm going to bore a hole in your head. And they're like, all right, man, fuck it, do it. Let's go for it. So there he goes. And you know, there's a, that person's life ended, but, oh man. Okay. Well, so I got all that out of my system so I can use that hopefully as a reference later on. But um, I'm going to go ahead and end the segment and I'm going to end the episode now because uh, time, my 15 minutes has already gone by. And um, I just want to say thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Just hang in there. We're almost done with uh, season six. And uh, I can't promise you anything about these paranormal investigations. If I can do it, if everything works out, if the stars align, I will do it. But if it doesn't work out, then I'll think of something else, man. Other than that, uh, thank you, Horn Toad listeners, for supporting me, listening to me, and giving me feedback. Uh, I'll try to make some corrections as I go along. But other than that, y'all have a great night and uh, um, get some sleep. Don't freak out. And and uh, that's all I got to say for now. So other than that, I'll just set off my final farewell. Not final farewell, but my farewell for the episode. And I'll say, yeah, see ya.